This is the Private Citizen, your weekly data privacy podcast, episode 16 for Friday the 24th of April 2020, dealing with hyperobjects. My name is Fab and I'm coming to you from my studio uh, in uh, quarantine, lockdown, in isolation, just off uh, runway 33 of Hamburg International Airport. How do you do? Nice that you're there again. Uh, second episode for this week, I thought, as a follow-up um, to the earlier um, episode on how um, contact tracing apps work. Uh, I'll have a yeah a further. I'll have a further discussion today um, on on this topic. Um, and for that, uh, I am speaking to Jürgen Goethe who is also known as Tante, who is uh, somewhat of a, a thinker, you might even say a bit of a philosopher. Um, he's been writing for ages on his website, um, thinking and writing about technology and people. And uh, I've, I've known him for a long time. I say known him, I've never met him. Um, I just know him uh, digitally on the internet. I've been following him for ages. And um, yeah, and I'm I'm very happy he agreed to talk to me today. Well, I say today, I've recorded this early in the week, uh, but it was a very, very nice discussion. So um, if you, um, of course, there's, there's show notes if you want to follow along, uh, privatecitizen.press. But uh, if you want to see what else uh, Jürgen is doing, what he's writing about, you can go to his website tante.cc that's tango alpha november tango echo dot charlie charlie um, where he writes also in english he's german like me but he also writes uh, a lot of stuff in english of course uh, we 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 talked in english so um yeah with that out of the way that's that's what we're doing today and uh really that's that's all all I got to say in preparation. So let's let's get right down to it and let's listen to this. Uh, yeah, I would even say a you know a philosophical debate. It's not we we t I think uh, in the end we tend to kind of agree on this uh, on this topic, which is interesting because uh, Jürgen is from a very different uh, background when it comes to privacy. He is uh, somebody who uh, has written extensively about post privacy and you know, how our lives have just changed and how that maybe means that our old concepts of privacy don't apply anymore. Um, but, you know, in this in this talk, uh, it, it turns out we we tend to agree, but still it's it's, it's a nice discussion. So um, let's get right into that. So hello, everybody. I am uh, today. I'm here with uh, Jürgen Goiter, or as he's uh, most likely known to everybody as uh, Tante from berlin hello hello tante means aunt in german i think we have to we have to explain this that's that is true it's uh it's an old name it's the abbreviation of the old evil name that i had when playing quake when i was young and i was i used the greek name for death because you know you're you're little and a little stupid which yeah. is Anatos. and oh, okay uh, yes that, that's just too long and it just got shortened to like Tante Oz um, <laughs> because people are funny and then just Tante stuck around. Oh, that's great. I, I never knew that. I have to say, I think we uh, we know each other, well, like virtually for a very long time. 
Yeah, back when there was still like Identica. Yeah, possibly before Twitter. And uh, I think you 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 used to listen to LO back in the day, I guess. Yes. Was that? I don't know. I just I remember. Yeah, I think so. I've been following yeah, yeah. you for ages, and I'm always reading your stuff. Um, sometimes I don't understand it, <laughs> just, but that's but that's, that's my okay. Writing. And I think I um now that we're actually uh, talking, I have to um I think didn't you send me Dragon Age back in the day? Yes, I did for the PS3. That was, yeah, that was back then. Yeah. And I have to thank you for that uh, very much because that was that became one of my favorite game series until they destroyed it recently with the last one. But that was great. Yeah, cool. Yeah, Glad, so uh, to to make a good gift, giving giving good gift is always hard. So uh, it's always good to get the feedback that something worked. Very good. Um, yeah. So um, what 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 are we doing today? We're talking initially. I contacted to you to talk about PEP PT. So that is like the European framework, I guess, for contract contact tracing apps because of the oh coronavirus. Um, I think we 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 should generally talk about like. It would probably be better if we talked about general contact tracing apps now because it looks like PEPPT is kind of yeah. dying. Um, Hard to say. Well, it's it's in it's there's some there's some rumors going. There's tons of trouble going on. I don't know. Um, but why am why why am I talking to you? I don't I don't know. I mean, you're kind of like I think the opposite uh, when it when it comes to privacy to me. I guess currently. Um, I don't. I don't like to think in these uh, in these binary terms, like opposites. We're just in very different areas of the whole spectrum. Which, which I guess it is is only for me. It's a relatively recent. Uh, you know, I used to be much more in your in your area back in the day, and I've changed a little bit. But you know, I like to talk to people that have a different viewpoint. Uh, because I think, you know, if I just talk to somebody who thinks the same as I am, that wouldn't be a very interesting conversation, I guess. Sure. Um, so how how do you how do we start this? So I guess in, in, in Germany, like in every other um country in the world right now, um they are basic they have basically decided that we need an app that we can trace people with that got infected with the coronavirus because we don't want to keep this lockdown up and this is the great thing that will save us right now we don't want to trace people at least in europe and in germany want to trace contact events risky contact right um so that everyone's not everyone but most projects are very into saying we are not tracking people we're just tracking whether you were in a situation that might be dangerous all right and that is it sounds like a semantic difference but it means that you don't that by definition, you try to avoid looking at uh, GPS data, location data, your profile as such, because if we just want to warn you, if you had um, exposure of some kind, possibly, we don't know, we don't need to know who you are. Right, we just need to know that your phone was in the vicinity of a phone of somebody who said they were infectious at the time. I mean, for, for different apps, it's it's not even the question if we need to know, as in we like society or the government or whatever. Right. Um, for especially the, the the decentralized approaches, um, it's about you need to know that. Right. 
and then you make a call and whether you need to make a call to someone or whether you want to see a doctor or whatever you want to do that. So there are different aspects of who needs to know that. And most, in, at least in Europe, most are, um, Austria is a little special case, but most current ongoing projects really try to focus on not tracking people because most people, I think it's kind of a, a common understanding of how Europeans tick that um, if you tell people we're going to track you, they will not install this. Right. So you try to say we're not doing anything really, just please install this thing. And also it could have issues with the GDPR, I'm guessing, but that's a, that's a whole different topic. Yeah, I mean, that gets really complex because if you look at like Article 6 and the different reasons why you might be allowed to, to uh, right. store data, and public health and security is one of the reasons why you might be allowed to do that. So, right. Uh, but then it also, I think, says that public health. And so, your like your personal health delta data is very, um, I don't know how to say this, precious. You know, worth worth protecting. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. So that that, yeah. So I guess the difference between um, currently, as we we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, I just got to say this because I'm going to put this episode out later, and the um. The situation is very much in flux. <laughs> it, it is. Yes. It, it changes daily. But currently, um, I guess the difference between, um, I mean, there's an there's a decentralized apo- approach called DP3T, which I guess for a while was under the PEPPT umbrella. And their difference, as the difference between them and PEPPT currently seems to be that they're saying we want to save this data decentralized on everybody's phones, whereas PEPPT is... Um, at least keeping the option open that the data will be saved on a server that is run by some kind of trusted entity, they're saying. So in Germany, I guess that would be the RKI, the Oberkoch Institute. Possibly. The, the, the current, I mean, PEPPT isn't very forthcoming with the documentation. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's, it's hard to say what exactly is in that magic black box right now. But what they release doesn't just say that they, that the server for them, you know, ha- handles more data or stores more data, but what infuriated so many people, especially those who come from like this decentralized approach was that uh, the current pet PT approach doesn't just say we have the central server where you send all your information, but it also says uh, the central server generates like your anonymous identification, which means yeah, yeah, you're not anonymous anymore at that point. Exactly. Potentially, at least if you have like a malicious uh, person running the server, and that they want to do the evaluation of the contact events on the server. So it's not your phone saying, oh, yeah, this was dangerous. Mm-hmm. They want to, you send stuff up to the server and the server then tells your phone, yeah, you were in danger. And now please show a notification. And it's after having understood how PetPT, how the, how the group is structured and why they're structured like that, um, it kind of makes sense from a pure engineering standpoint to do it like that. But it, Obviously, um, looking at Europe and looking at countries like um, Hungary, which is not the most democratic uh, government that we have on this planet or yeah, on this planet, um, you might not be able to trust the government to not link that up. And especially in Ger- even in Germany, where people say they are very privacy aware, um, currently there is a project going on of the Bundesdruckerei, which is like the entity that prints passports and that kind of stuff, um, who want to put like um, 
your your COVID test results into some blockchain, and they even oh, say God. in their white paper that they want to lock uh, that they want to link that with uh, PPT uh, contact tracing. Oh God, let's. Uh, so uh, oh. this is a train wreck ongoing. That's that's. I mean, mission creep doesn't really cap, uh, capture it. It's. Uh, you said blockchain so at that moment. Yeah. It's it's out for me. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's a, it's a, it's an actual project by the Bundesdruckerei and a blockchain startup and like Cologne, ah, right. uh, uh, um, uh, a clinic in Cologne. And I guess somebody sold want... them some, you know, some blockchain startup had a great idea how to sell them some yeah, <laughs> some yeah, technology. That, the the Bundesdruckerei is super into blockchain. They just want to push that somewhere. They, they're just hoping to find a use <laughs> at some point. Um, so you you said that um, looking at how PEPPT is structured. That makes sense. I actually don't know what you're saying by this. Um, how, how how is it structured? PPT has like like many of those projects um, a big issue, and that is Bluetooth. Bluetooth is a is a standard uh, that isn't really built to do distance measuring. You wrote I mean, an excellent blog post about that, which I will link in the show notes. Um, but uh, it's it's in German, so just a warning yes. for my English listeners. <laughs> um, so Bluetooth is, I mean, we all know Bluetooth. Bluetooth is like this thing that we use to connect our, our, our headphones to our phones and that kind of stuff. Um, and this Bluetooth low energy beacon, you, you can see the beacon message that you get because it's broadcasted. Everyone around you can see that. And you can kind of see the signal strength. How strong is the signal? And it's kind of like uh, if you run through town and you yell your name as loud as you can. And some people will hear that very loudly because they're standing next to you. And some people will hear it very quietly because they're far away from you or will not hear it because you're way too far away from them. And that's kind of like Bluetooth, how Bluetooth um, distance measuring works. And that's not, not very precise, um, which is obviously a problem if you want to use that kind of measurement to see is this person too close to one another, to an infected person. And then you have all these issues of like, is, is there glass between these people? Because if they're close, but there's glass between them, there's no issue. They can't affect one another. You don't want to create an alert in that case. And all these these problems, these massive amount of different edge cases that you have to build into the software is super hard to implement. So uh, today, you'd probably just train a neural network with it, like have people test, create different test situations, scenarios, save the data, and just train a neural network. PPT actually had access to the German army and had like soldiers run around in different yep. setups and like test that kind that. of stuff. D generate data. And now you train the neural network and it kind of works and you release it to the public. But you kind of want to keep evaluating whether your algorithm is really good because A, you never want to have the situation where you don't trigger an alert if a situation is dangerous. Because if it doesn't trigger alerts, why have this thing? But you don't want to trigger too many alerts because then it's like cookie warnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah shut the fuck yeah. up. I don't care. So finding that balance is hard. So their plan, and that's why they want to evaluate things on the server, one of the reasons, is to have all the data to keep training and like looking, okay, right, yeah. we have now, we have an infection and we try to connect that whether they got an alert or not. Did we alert them that they might be in danger? And if we didn't, we have an issue. And if we did, great. That was a good case. And try to keep um, retraining or, or optimizing the training of that network. The leader, um, Chris Bos, Bos is his name. Um, he has like an AI company. 
it's it's a little dubious and shady thing, but it's labeled as an AI company. And it, it kind of makes sense from that standpoint to try to have all the training data at hand, because if you do that on device, you don't know. You don't yeah. know why an alert was triggered. I'm not saying it's a good idea, but I understand why they're doing it. I'm kind of wondering how, like, if, if it works, like, everybody, like they're basically saying it works, where it's just, it keeps generating these ephemeral IDs, right? And it does everything it can to kind of divorce that, you know, that record from the actual person. How are they going to retrain this neural network with actual, like, they don't know who these people are, so they don't know if the person they want got infected afterwards, right? That is a very interesting question. And the doc documentation doesn't really talk about that a lot, but they keep saying it's one of the, the requirements that they define in the document, saying, okay, we need to be able to optimize this algorithm. But if you want to optimize this algorithm, you have to compare it to the real world. In what some I, way, shape, or form. What I don't understand and what I find really fishy about this, just from a German perspective, so they're saying it's all going to be anonymous and that, and this is all our, you know, we want to do it that way. But, you know, let, let me put my government hat on, right? If we could actually do it not anonymously, right? The RKI has all the information in Germany under the uh, Infektionsschutzgesetz. If you get COVID-19, um, your doctor, the lab, whoever is required to um, actually send the information to the RKI about you, uh, who was close to you, where you live, um, all this kind of information. So they have all this information. So you'd think, you know, I think you could make a legal argument that you could just build a app, an app that, you know, where you build it in a way that the other people, your Bluetooth device contact has contact with don't know who you are but you know the rki server knows who you are and then if you get infected they can retrain that that ai model sure they could but they the um why they don't do that is because they believe if they actually say that nobody's going to install it right and they can't because force people to install it i guess i, I mean can't they i mean i have to wear a mask next monday the uh the you know the 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 my my mayor here in Hamburg has just said, okay, next Monday everybody has to wear a mask. Like, why can't they just install this app on it? Like, force people to install that app. I'm just playing devil's yeah, advocate here. I don't yeah. want that to be clear, but I mean, yeah, I get yeah. it. In general, the devil doesn't need an, a lawyer. I mean, he's got <laughs> many horrible people on his side. But yes, they. I think they could. I mean, you. I'm not a lawyer, obviously, uh, not a legal expert. But in general, they could. But saying yes, you have to install that basically means you have to give people phones who don't have that. Or you can't go out if you don't have a phone. I think that's all. Yeah, and that, that's like, that is a, a discrimination case uh, that's just waiting to be Yeah, of course, yeah, sure. Car. So they're not, I mean, as stupid as some politicians sometimes look, our government isn't stupid and they realize, okay, if we do this, this is just going to create a whole shitload of, of, of conflict. Let's build a thing that kind of does what we hope it does, even if it's anonymized. And of course, like many epidemiologists would love to have more information because if you're an epidemiologist, it's not just interesting to see there was a maybe risky contact. It's interesting to see where was that. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, they, they uh, the, uh, the RKI has an app right now where you can send them like your Fitbit, uh, you know, your yeah, it doesn't have GPS, so it, it also doesn't have location, but you can send it all kinds of health data that you have in Apple Health or, you know, in, in, in Google Health or whatever. Um, 
and they they specifically say they save that data for 10 years because they need that for medical studies exactly and i mean there is a case to be made for that um we need we need data to understand how how these kinds of virus infections spread through our population especially with us a few weeks ago we were super mobile and you know flying around for meetings through germany all day and all that kind of stuff which spreads viruses around speak for yourself obviously. i've been i've been locked in this room for years now but yeah <laughs> other people other, most people, people yeah. Apart, yeah but in general you have this uh you need that kind of data because society changes people move faster move further um it used yeah. to be like when i was a kid it took a long time till i had the first flight you didn't just fly somewhere today you just fly somewhere for for an, an afternoon basically uh things have just changed a lot and i think many of the data that we have about other infections and other diseases don't really match to to reality that we lived in a few weeks ago, yeah, yeah. months and that some people want to go back to as normal um so I, I i get that but for the whole contact tracing situation again austria is a little special special because they're they were very fast but they run a different idea but what we what we're seeing discussed right now um the consensus really is we have to make this this anonymized privacy claim or people will not install that because a very similar application um, was developed in Singapore. In Singapore, again, not the most democratic country no. on this planet. <laughs> no. <It's> super authoritarian <laughs> state. Have you ever been there? And, uh, no. I've only, uh, you know, it's a stopover when you fly to Australia. And I've yeah. never seen, I've never before seen a policeman who was, uh, who had two machine uh, pistols, like two uh, submachine guns, like two at yeah. once. That's twice as good. <laughs> yeah, but so they got... Uh, to an installation base of, uh, I think a few days ago was 20%. 20% of the population installed that. And that is in a, in a, in a state where people do what the government tells them because otherwise there's gotta be consequences. Mm. Because the, the app are, are annoying and a little shitty and people don't trust them and all yeah. that kind of, kind of stuff. So they the push here in Europe is very much saying, okay, we want an app. And of course, that is a different discussion whether that's the right approach, but we want an app. And to get people to install it and trust it, it has to be anonymized. And that's why some of the projects, especially if you look at D, uh, D I always mix the, the abbreviation, DT3P. DT3P, right? yeah, they're also similar. It's horrible. Yeah, um, DT3P, um, their push is very hard to like, okay, decentralize everything, d document everything early, get people involved, review the concept as, as early as possible. Yeah, they've got source code they, out, which... Yeah. They were, good. I mean, it's, it's, it's Java and makes your eyes bleed. Yes, but of course. Still, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it makes, it makes sense to run that approach. If you, if you're serious, if you're serious, that's how you do that. Like, okay. Open source, the stuff that is relevant to people. Um, and yes, most people will not be able to actually review that because there's a lot of cryptography in there and actually reviewing that needs to be honest. I can't do that to a degree that I'd really write any guarantees on that but people can do that and i can look at the concept but like the implementation other people should have a look at that um they did that very well just pep pt decided not to go that route but from their pub from the way they communicate to the public their pr they still claim to have many of the same values 
Well, I can tell you, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of them at all. Um, I, I got like some, some preliminary technical documentation, and then I just wrote them some basic questions, basic text, technical questions, and nobody was answering. The, the project was like, yeah, we've got a lot to do. We'll, we'll answer at some point. Uh, the Robert Koch Institute wasn't uh, wasn't answering questions. Um, the Bundesamt für Sicherheit in der Informationstechnik, my favorite name, uh, the BSE, um, they were supposed to be p doing pen tests on it. They weren't saying anything about it. That doesn't inspire confidence. No, I mean, a few days ago, we got like, a, I think, Spiegel Online. Uh, I think they're just called Spiegel now. They're just um, called Spiegel, yeah. Uh, reported that they had run tests with like soldiers uh, here in Berlin. And uh, they haven't tested iOS devices yet. <laughs> Yes, I mean, iOS I devices that. are the thing that is way more problematic than the Android devices because iOS just will not let you use Bluetooth the way you want right, right, yeah. it to be used. And so they are, from everything we've seen so far, they are nowhere near to anything that you could call a re reliable and robust solution to what they claim they want to do. What, um, what I find really weird, weird and... I mean, you have people that I've, I've followed for years that, that I kind of know. I know what they're writing about. So these are like security conscious, privacy conscious people. Um, I don't agree with them on all cases, but I would say in most cases, they're more hardcore privacy oriented than me, right? And these, 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 there are a lot of these people who are now going, yeah, this is great. We need this. But like the most basic thing I have with, with this app, it doesn't matter what it is, is the problem. They just designed this like in the last month or two. Everybody, everybody just, just designed this now. Um, it's never been tested. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's somebody just designed it. We have some code. Just let's just put it out there. Like, isn't normally in security, like one of your most basic rules, you can only say it's secure if it's been out there for a while and people actually. You know, um, that, that is true. But I mean, we're living in a very uh, difficult situation right now. Even people who usually fly the privacy flag, privacy, privacy, Uber, alles, uh, even these people are locked up in their apartment for a few weeks now and their children are yelling at them all day. They, everyone wants to just be out. And I get that. I mean, it's frustrating. It's, it's annoying. And I don't even have like small kids that I can't send to school at home. And uh, and even for me, it's a challenge to not be able to meet my friends and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we have like this push. Someone needs to solve this. COVID is a big problem. It's dangerous. Uh, and someone needs to make this go away. And if someone comes in and says, yes, uh, there's an app, that, that's one of the angles. I mean, someone comes in, yes, we, we usually solve problems by engineering our way out of it. Someone has to build an app. Um, and that's the situation where we are. I mean, we have a, a situation where actually, if you look at Germany, I mean, not today, but the, the days before, um, statistics were looking good. Lockdown was working, like infection rates were going down, deaths were going down. Things were working as intended without any app. We had success. But the feeling was uh, we need an app. And that's what, what PEPPT claims very, very explicitly. If we deploy an app, everybody can go outside again. But the, I mean, the the infection isn't gone away because we have an app that can tell you you exactly. might have been infected. Um, but that's that's the spin, and that's why so many people hope it. I mean, even conser seen... conservative estimates I read about saying we need like sixty percent of the population to install this to to it even be a little bit effective. 
Exactly. And that's given like how many people have actual smartphones and then you have the smartphones who can't do that, who don't have this Bluetooth low energy thing. Um, I don't even, everyone. Yeah. I, I don't even worry about people who don't have smartphones. I mean, people who do have smartphones that, I mean, that are not like you and me, right? People like my dad, he's, he's, he's got a very capable Android smartphone, but you know, installing such an app is like even installing it and setting up is like a bit of a challenge. My father don't know how to install apps. He has the apps that came with the phone or one that I installed him. That's it. Yeah. And that's not because he's stupid. He just doesn't care. Yeah. It's people like, don't. Yeah, app, but yeah. I don't think. Oh, yeah. He has a Google account. He could actually install something from the store. But like it's, it's not it's not a reasonable assumption to think that 60 percent will install it. And these 60 percent that comes from uh, an Oxford study of the University of Oxford that everyone's quoting. But that one is just calculating based on ideal an ideal world ideal math 60 percent oh, yeah, sure. if everyone uses it perfectly and the algorithm to detect risks work perfectly and it works then yeah. 60, yeah, yeah yeah and then 60 percent is, is fine but like yeah that's that's a lot of ifs there my friend it's like i mean to me to me this whole situation looks like a typical let me just say it like silicon valley tech bro attitude where we're going we need a solution to this so we need to engineer so like there, there has to be a technical solution we just assume there's going to be a technical solution to this problem i i don't think there is going to be an app as a solution it has a few aspects that tie very well into what we've seen so far because um we do contact tracing i'm, I'm speaking now for german perspective we do right. contact tracing. yeah the archive yeah, does it manually yeah, we had a few infections in the company I work for. So we got like an email saying, okay, these people were tested and uh, they show symptoms. They were tested. They've been infected. They had like meetings with these people. They sat next to these people. Uh, these are the people they, they think they met. If they met you as well, please quarantine and call this number so we can like see whether you are infected or not. Like yeah. manual um, contact tracing. It's basically what the app is supposed to do. But the manual contact tracing is, of course, a lot of effort. And people don't remember everyone they met and like you can't trace people that you just stood next to in the supermarket and it's so, it doesn't scale right i mean it was developed for something like the i mean they were using it traditionally for like smaller outbreaks you know like the the, the marburg virus or something where you had like eight people that were infected i mean the, the, the question whether it scales or not i mean that also has to do with how much effort you want to put into it like you can hire more people then it scales better. Of course, it's not exponential scale as like an app promises. The app promises, yes, just throw a few servers there and they match it all and it's all, all working, doesn't doesn't cost anything, blah, blah, blah. But that's the promise saying, okay, yes, we have so many infections, it's so hard to trace and people don't remember perfectly. So we have like this tech, it does the tracking perfectly because they always just say, yeah, it's, it's just Bluetooth distance measuring, it's easy. Mm, right. Okay, fine, <laughs> check mark. Um, then you have all the, the, the connections track and like generated alerts and everything is fine. But, um, the, the, when we usually see promises of, of efficiency gains, that has to do with automation. When we talk recently about like, okay, this is more efficient than that. It's usually because we replace people with machines or with, with software. And so that fits in here very well. Everybody sees yet yeah, that doesn't scale to call people on the phone. That's just this thing that everybody agrees. Yeah, yeah, right. That can't scale. Okay, then it kind of it's implied that we need software to do that, just because we don't know any other way to scale right now. Mm. Because hiring people is such an absurd idea. Because why would you hire people and pay them and all that kind of stuff? 
And on the other hand, you had like people, and this is, again, might be a very German perspective, but Germany always has this feeling that we missed the first digital turn. Oh, yeah, people yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone else, they, everyone basically has, as, as Germany feels that every other country has self-driving cars, flying taxis, <laughs> and magical AI machines that do everything. And Germany we used does. to be so good, you know, in the exactly. 60s and 70s, we were ahead of everybody. Yeah, we had the cars and so Germany always has this, and I think that has a significant impact, that Germany feels like, okay, we need to be the ones who solve this with tech and with better tech. That's why I think that they have this AI dude in the PET-PT project. Like, they will say, okay, some some countries had no ad. Look how they how they turned out. Then you have, okay, China had an ad, but that was just a QR code. How stupid. Germany solved this with AI. And that's going to be something where uh, you can afterwards say, yes, we are so AI capable. I mean, that's the European strategy right now. They outline we want to be the biggest AI player on this planet. And that's something, it's not the reason why these things happen, but that's why the the corridor of, of options that we talk about is so narrow. Yeah. We we have all the, we have a perfect storm of where we're basically just um, if a, this little hole where just a, a technical solution fits in. Because even with the privacy people um, in Germany, where you saw them arguing, it's like, yes, we have this, this anonymized privacy focused thing back when PET-PT wasn't totally ridiculed uh, in public. Or we have like a totally author authoritarian thing that the government would just deploy and force you to use. So those are the two options. And so let's use the decentralized Bluetooth mm -hmm. tracking kind of thing. That's yeah, but why are, those are not the two only options. We can just hire people to do annual contact tracing right, because yeah. we we know that that works. We have the data to show that. And I mean, that's, data. yeah, I mean that's the government doing it. But you know, we already have the laws that they can do it. They changed the law that so that it can do it. So what's the argument? Exactly. But the the public discourse never opened that because again, the the public also demands a solution. They are sitting at home. The kids can't go to kindergarten and school. That's that is a huge issue you can't some can't go to work but you lose income it's it's a mess it's a huge mess so you demand that somebody solves this and as as politicians you can say yeah we're just going to stay at home for a few more months we do manual contact tracing and then we then we got this covered that's not a solution you can really give to people the the, the economy says hey we nobody's buying shit and suddenly people realize they don't need to buy shit you can't have that happen so um <laughs> You need to get people out there so the economy works. And what's okay? Let's just use an app. I mean, it's it's like many different forces that kind of narrowed down the the possible conversation to basically: Do you want the blue app or do you want the red app? Yeah, I think you. I think you're onto something there. Yeah, it's a, it's a very uh, very politician way of uh, of thinking. But yeah, I think I think you're right. Sadly, <laughs> I mean, I'm sometimes I, I'd love to not be right. Yes. I, I get a, I get a lot of flack on Twitter because I just criticize certain measures and people don't understand. Like the thing I'm not getting is like it's also half-assed. Like it's 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 not that somebody sits sits down and think, okay, we got to do this, and here's why, and then we're 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 explaining why, right? Um, the same thing with with my mayor saying, okay, on Monday you all have to wear masks because, and then he just goes on because health experts say that's that's good, right? You know, and you're like. It, no, they actually don't say that. But, you know, I'd be okay if you said, well, this is our only solution. You know, this is kind of our shot into the blue. It's the, 
you know, we have to do something. At least that's that's something we can do. But they never even say that, of course, because they're politicians. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, you, you, if we had actual data, and the interesting thing is in Asia was they had COVID way before us and they tried a lot of things and not all of them worked. Some worked. And if you look at, at Asia, the narrative, especially in Europe but, and in the US is, yeah, they had these apps and then they got it all covered. They are authoritarian and bad apps because China, but <laughs> that's, that's how it worked. And, but that narrative just doesn't hold up. If you look at the data, yes, they had apps and like in this, this, this uh, yellow, red and green QR code in China and that kind of stuff. Yes, they have that. But what worked was the lockdown. The lockdown, right. China just had a very hard lockdown because they're China. <laughs> exactly. And that worked. And you can argue about uh, authoritarian states and blah, 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 blah. All fine. But what worked was the lockdown. And yes, right. sometimes an app can maybe support certain things. It might help you enforce a lockdown if you want to do that personal tracking. Like they had geofenced applications where if you left like a, your, your apartment uh, you basically have to check in with your phone camera and show that you're at home and that kind of stuff. Obviously not what we want here, but um, obviously the, the app wasn't the point of it, the, the solution to this. And again, if somebody shows me, an, and I don't think if, if I stated that explicitly here, I'm in the camp that I'm, I'm not convinced we need an app. And I think we're wasting a lot of not just resources, like have this guy and this AI startup get a few thousand bucks, don't care, really. If, if he just shuts the fuck just up, bait him out. <laughs> yeah, just go away. But if what I feel like is we, we're overloading our public capacity to talk with this conversation about an app and implementation details that nobody understands, but like every paper is full of that kind of shit and but we're not talking about other issues like, okay, what do we do with parents who have to stay at home because the kids can't go to school? Yeah. How do we get them money? How do we help them not lose their apartment? All these questions that we actually need to talk about, we don't because we're so busy talking about whether this decentralized approach is good or that this other decentralized yeah. approach is good. And I mean, we're in, in tech, there's this, this great term bike shedding. You probably know that from like the Linux kernel because it's a super important concept there. Bike shedding means, for those who haven't heard that, when you have, let's say, a, a committee has to decide whether you want to build a nuclear power plant in your city. That's super complicated. It's a massive project and all the security, blah, blah, blah. But the uh, for the people who work at the, at the power plant, you need a bike shed so they can put their bike somewhere when they have to work. And you, the committee that has to decide about the, the power plant would spend hours debating whether the bike shed is yellow <laughs> or blue or where the locks go, because that's a problem that they can manage. That's a problem that they have tools for to debate, because the other problem is too big. You can't handle that. The problem of COVID is too big. But the problem of, yeah, is this app better or is yeah. this app better? We have the tools to talk about that. I've never actually heard that explained that well. That's good. <laughs> it's cool. It's in... in um, there's a, uh, I'm horrible with names, but there's a climate, uh, there's an eco-philosopher, and I uh, I got to look that up. I can send you the, the link later, so you can link it in your show notes. But <laughs> he coined the term of uh, the hyper-object. And hyper-objects are objects that are so huge that you can never understand and touch all of it. Like his, his basic idea is climate change is a hyper-object. You never understand all the consequences at all of climate change. 
But with everything you do, you feel climate change. It's connected to everything. It's connected to the avocado you buy. It's connected to the shirt you wear. It's connected to where you, it has consequences for where you fly or where you fly somewhere. It interacts with that hyper object, even though you can never touch all of it. And COVID has many of the same properties. It's this huge thing. It touches economy, health, psychologies or sociology. It touches everything in our lives. It's so huge. And no matter what we do, we can't buy toilet paper because COVID. We, we can't meet our friends because COVID. Um, I can't go to the hospital uh, for the birth of my son because COVID. These kinds of, Man, of that sucks. things. Uh, oh, yeah, I hope they change that. Um, but they still have two weeks. But um, that's, a, that's one of these idiotic rules. I mean, if anybody has it, you're going to get it all anyway. But yeah, that's true. In a house. But, like, everything in our life touches this thing and is touched by that thing. And this, th this, this weird, huge thing is sticky, but we can't really, we can't handle it because it's too big. And I think that that's why we, why we focus so much on these tiny problems within it. Because we just, as a society, I feel like we haven't, and we see that with climate change as well. I mean, many commentators have already outlined that COVID is basically just the training run for when, climate change actually actually starts hitting us because maybe, yeah, i think that is it is maybe it's not the lockdown in that shape but like things will fall apart like uh, supply chains will fall apart and all this kind of stuff will fall apart and we see right now that we're not able to handle these these complex and huge problems well i, I have a little bit of a different angle i think it's going to be a great trial run for um, um doing stuff um, that people propose will help against climate change because people will suddenly realize, hey, you actually do not have to go to work every day. <laughs> you can yeah. work from home. Exactly. Um, and you don't have to buy all that shit that you keep buying. Yeah, I mean, although that, that has that has other problems, but <laughs> let's not get into the economy discussion. <laughs> but like, uh, I feel that that is the reason why this this app discussion, especially in Europe, came just just was so dominant when you'd, when you'd wonder why are we talking about an app we have a public health crisis yeah we have people losing their jobs and we have people uh, like i mean the company i work for as as we talked about earlier the company i work for we build museums interactive museums um who buys an interactive museum right now <laughs> yeah where people go and meet and touch things and everyone's licking everything <laughs> nobody does that right now so the company I work for is, uh, has seen better days. That's just how things are right now. And I mean, we still have contracts and things we're working on. So uh, and we have obviously ideas of how to, to survive this, but like everyone's, um, I lost my train of thought, you know, I'm well, old. it affects I everything. Day. I mean, um, yeah. I, 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 I just, these people, like, there's, there's, there's like people on social media that make these what they think hilarious jokes with the memes you know with the dinosaurs and you're like oh but who thinks about the economy right and i i, I that always aggravates me but my wife actually said like i think it must have been a month ago now she was like I, I wasn't talking to her about this at all like we try at home to like you know keep a bit normal normalcy going but she was going from out of nowhere she was like i don't understand these people who are saying like the economy isn't the problem don't they understand that the economy is basically people you know that i mean i i agree with you i don't i don't think we have to buy all this shit but you know somebody has to buy some shit otherwise a lot of people will lose their jobs and that it'll be 
pretty bad for them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I think that's it's just um, for right now for for the whole issue of climate change, um, things are looking not as bad as they did a few weeks ago because right now CO two output is is going down. Things are it is as if we wanted to change something about our lifestyle because we were forced to do that. Um, but it shows that it's an accident. It's we're, we're very bad right now. And, and I'm, I'm not saying we're always very bad and we can't do, do anything because we're stupid or whatever. But we, I think we haven't learned to tackle these big issues because when we have experts, every expert, even myself included, every expert who talks about something comes from their perspective. I studied um, philosophy and computer science, so that's what I can talk about. Other people come from our economists, uh, our, our health professionals, whatever. Um, and I think we're bad at integrating these different perspectives. And that's why the debate about this health yeah. gap is, is so weird, because we have technologists who, who've been, in the last few years, been so tasked with, with being the problem solvers. We have a problem, some tech comes in, and then that solves it. So we have these tech people who are now supposed to solve COVID. So they, yeah, let's build an app, something, something. And it's, I mean, the general idea isn't totally stupid. I, I get why they came to that idea. Whether it actually makes sense in the whole context is another question. But like, okay, what could we do? I, I see why you would end up with like this contact tracing approach. But like, it feels like they forget to talk about how that embeds an economy and, and like the, the things that the economy forces on you, like, you're an Uber driver and you have to make rent every week or every month, whatever, however it's, mm. it's paid where you live. Um, and if you have like this, this app, it might trigger like alert, alerts with your customers or you get an alert and that means you have to stay at home and you don't get any money. Why would you install that? It's, it just got negative effects on you. <laughs> yeah. And I think that this, this kind of very holistic is kind of an overused and stupid word, but like a, an approach that integrates these different perspectives and, and tries to actually find a way to integrate yeah. them with one another that's what we're not great at and that's what we need to learn right now and i think that would change how we talk exactly. about these apps massively i think that's that's also the problem with the discussion i mean um, it strikes me that you said you know my background is this i now i'm analyzing all the discussions i had in the last few months and that is the problem right i'm talking to people who um who did information um you know, informatics in, in university that, that, that computer science, right. Uh, and everything they post is graphs and stuff. And I, I studied history and politics and I look at this and I, and I look at the laws and like all the rules that are being passed. And I'm thinking like, wow, when was the last time in Germany where, where the state so heavy handedly imposed rules, right. And I'm, I'm, because I study history and politics and I studied specifically Uh, the early 20th century in Germany, I'm, you know, all these war warning bells go off. But like, I always try to try to say, you know, my point is not, I'm against this and I don't want this to happen. It might be the right thing, but you have to think about certain things, right? My, and I think we need to integrate both of that. We in integ need to integrate the people that think about it mathematically and they, th they think in, in, in graphs And you need to integrate people who think about what this means for society going forward. Exactly. And yeah. we're not we're not doing that in a good way. And I feel like it it uh, it makes it harder to come up with a good solution. I think we don't have the the tools either. Like you know, it's not like social media is conducive to this kind of discussion. <laughs> I mean, it it can, 
I'm part of some like actually Facebook groups where people from very different um, backgrounds come together and try. And it's, it's super hard just because um, if you have sociologists and they use the term communication, they often don't mean that people talk to one another <laughs> because they have these weird definitions of terms. Um, and I'm not saying weird because they're stupid. It's, it makes sense, but it's like you, you hear communication and people yeah. talk to one another. And I think that every, every discipline is so built based on jargon and in a way on an exclusion of others because yeah, you are definitely. specialists yeah. um, that we, that we're kind of making it harder for us to integrate all these perspectives. And then in, in the end, you see like technologists come up with a solution and then people who have like a background in healthcare or in sociology, look at it and say, dude, this falls apart. If you deploy this, what is this? <laughs> because they were never involved because they yeah. just saw, as you said, graphs and like cryptography def definitions and that kind of, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. That's just, that's just pushing around weird, weird signs. It, it could be a prayer to Cthulhu. We don't know that if you, if you don't, if you're not a computer scientist. Um, so I think that that is where, that is basically the, the problem that's just illustrated by this app discussion right now. Yeah, and I think and people also, yeah, you, you're saying like when you're in a Facebook group with people in lots of disciplines, that's really helpful. But I feel like lots of people aren't doing this. Like I am because I'm a journalist. I like to talk to people, right? I had like my motorbike broke down. The ADAC guy came, had to start my motorbike. So I started talking to him like, what's life for you right now? How's it? How are things going? It's only um, like um, anecdotal stuff, right? But I like to collect this stuff, you know, and I like to talk to friends who are doctors and um and then I, I try to share perspectives, but I see that, like, for example, all the doctors, they're just talking to each other, right? And of course, there are in the ICU, right? They, they see people dying because of this. Of course, they're like, everybody must wear masks now, immediately. We need, like, the police need to check this. And then I'm like going, well, think about it, you know, what that means. Like, when, when was the last time in the German Democratic Republic where we had, like, no, not the German Democratic Republic. Sorry, that that, that's the, <laughs> uh, that, that that was a Freudian slip. Now, um, yes, what's the federal? What's 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 the English word for the BID? The federal federal republic. republic. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, when was the last time? Like in the in this, we had something like this. Never. Like, what does that? What will that do to people? And then we're discussing, and they're like, they see like part of my perspective, and I see part of theirs, right? Because I I don't know how bad it is in the hospital ICU if I haven't talked to them. But I feel like nobody, like very few people are doing that. They're actually talking to people from other perspectives and trying to like integrate that into their thinking. Because it's super hard. I mean, you know, first thing is like basically exchanging diction dictionaries. Like, okay, what do you mean when you say this? Or why do you say that? And then you have to like, it takes a lot of time to understand why, why like a cryptographer is so pushing for whatever approach. And then you, if you come from the background, you understand that, but if you don't, it's like, yeah, centralized, what does that even mean? Like for, for most people, that doesn't mean anything really as in yeah. understanding what that means. And I think that that's, um, in a way, I'm not even, I'm not even criticizing the tech sector for coming up with this app idea because that's, that's how well, they their job. If all you have is a hammer, all you see is yeah. nails. That's what they and do. They they have a hammer and they were tasked with, okay, solve this. We have, fuck this, solve this. Um, and so that's, but, but the, the way that the 
the conversation hasn't started including more perspectives because when we see, yes, a broad interdisciplinary team and then you see, yes, it's computer scientists and a few people from like the RKI or other epidemiologists, uh, but they don't care about the implementation really mostly. They're saying, okay, what kind of data can we gather from it? Or maybe they tell, okay, this might be a dangerous uh, situation. Yes, they contribute domain knowledge, but like not a holistic approach to it. And you never see that these projects have actual, I don't know, sociologists or yeah. psychologists or, maybe, or economists. Maybe one or, constitutional lawyer, uh, you know, example. because that is a definite issue that we're having. We're postponing that issue. But as you said, there, there will be, there will be lawsuits about this shit in Germany. You know? Of course. Um, and we, it's not the most important tech, issue right now, but still, yeah. And tech isn't always great with integrating other people's perspectives because, uh, most of us believe that we know everything or can we just read it on Wikipedia? It's not that complicated, right? Uh, I mean, tech is, is prone to being an armchair, everything. Yeah. I think sometimes much more than other domains, but like at least as much as other domains, domains, just, they have so much impact. Like well, I can't complain. I'm a journalist. That's basically what I get paid for. <laughs> yeah. But it's your job. So that's different. I mean, for me, that's just a hobby and being an asshole. And so, uh, yeah, but still, I, I you know, you, I try to be aware of that as well. Like, I, it, like the, the whole. I mean, I got a lot of flack because I just criticized the media. I mean, I think the the press was a big problem in the beginning. Um, there were just like articles that were devoid of facts, <laughs> and there still are. You know, and and they're yeah. just too lazy to just ask somebody who knows something about it. It drives me insane. Yeah, absolutely, and we. Uh... And I think the only path forward really is not to say, yeah, every app is stupid or the app is the solution. Say, okay, what exactly does this app do? And get many different perspectives on it. Like saying, okay, we understand what we're trying, what you're trying to do on a technical level. And I mean, usually they have some sort of lawyer involved in these projects because I mean, they've learned that if you don't have a lawyer in the beginning, shit will explode. Yeah, that's, that's just important, but still ask other people ask people from like uh, minorities or groups that are being discriminated against. I mean, a lot of the time, even your, your podcast has citizen in the title and we always talk about citizens, but there are many non-citizens in Germany right, and yeah, they have yeah. rights as well. Yeah. And like having that perspective as well. I mean, the first people who would be forced to have these kinds of things was, were people who were like uh, applying for asylum and they were like in these, in these houses where they're just crowded and basically share a room with eight other people. Um, that is something you need to integrate into your thinking yeah. as well. If, if like the first article of the German constitution means something to you, like uh, if everybody has, has the right uh, to human dignity and it's the job of the state to defend everyone's human dignity, yeah. you actually have to do the work to do that. Yeah. I, I feel like, like there's, this is some, I mean, we're just complaining here, but you know, I don't know. I don't know what else, <laughs> what else I can do. But like, for example, one thing I find is, is, is missing. It's like, okay, there's poli politicians saying, oh, we're going to do all this. We're going to do all that. Nobody's talking about what we're going to do to the healthcare system to make it better, because that's one of the big problems we're having, right? There's seriously a, a big problem that, you know, we don't, we do not have enough care workers, um, and we knew this. I mean, our health minister in February was talking about closing hospitals. Exactly. But, that, but they're, they're not talking about that. They're talking about an app. <laughs> yes. But I mean, what, what everyone can do, 
regardless of what their background is and what their knowledge is and what their position in, in the social hierarchy is, uh, um, they can bring their perspective to the table and like write. And I mean, I'm not a very influential dude, but I can sometimes from my limited perspective, try to explain why certain things are an issue in a way that other people can understand. What I'm, I'm not the most technical person on this planet, but I, I know a few things here and there. And I'm able to explain it in a way that people who've never touched a, not never touched a computer, but who are not computer science, understand what the, what the conversation is about, what the issues are. If we, if we are way clearer with this is the problem we're trying to solve, and this is what we are in human understandable words, this is what we're doing here, then we're actually able to talk to one another and saying, hey, then suddenly a person who's not techie can say, for me, this is a problem because this is how I would react to that because this, this discriminates against me, blah, blah, blah. Well, because I'm an Uber driver and, you know. For example. Yeah. Um, but then we're able to have this conversation. And right now we're not able to have that. So if we, and especially people who understand certain aspects, like the economic aspect of it, the, the social, the, psychology, uh, the, the psychological aspects of it, people who understand that and like explain that in ways that are accessible to others without a lot of jargon and magical, yeah, read this thousand page book. So AI, the argument. AI, blockchain. That, that, that's not how we can have this conversation. And it is an important conversation. And it can be where we learn how a society has this kind of quality and important conversations for democracy moving forward, because we will not have fewer of those issues. We will have more. Yeah. And more. I mean, this, this will happen again. I mean, Exactly. Viruses are there. This is this is sooner or later it's going to happen again. It's just the, exactly. the only thing that changed is our perspective to it. I would say, you know. Yeah, and, but we we have the all these conversations. We, we talked about climate change. We have conversations about how should the economy work in the future. Um, how can we create fair societies where people can participate? How should democracy look in the future? Blah 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 blah. blah, blah. Many of those thousands of those discussions that we've kind of half asked for a while and that it didn't blow up in our face yet. But if we learn right now how to get into an actual conversation, then I think um, there can come some good out of all of this. So I'm, I'm kind of hopeful. I know I, I sound always very grumpy and, and uh, angry. I, but I think I compared to me, you, you, you're positively uh, positive. <laughs> Yes, because I, I actually believe that we can learn that and that this situation can be a situation where especially um, we now have this app discussion, but people are starting to get involved in it who are not as technical, like people for, with a health background or people who work for, like for the Gesundheitsarm to do this manual contact tracing, get involved. In, yeah, this doesn't solve the problem because, but they, these perspectives can help um, make this uh, conversation where at, at some point it will be hard for a politician to just say, we have an app now. And everybody will laugh at them and say, yeah, fuck this. We know that this is not going to work. What's, what's your strategy? What, how are you actually trying to solve this huge problem? What are the different steps that you have, the building blocks? And if an app fits in there, great. I'm the first person to install the app. Really, I'm, I'm going to make sure my father has it installed on his phone and my mom and all that kind of stuff. But explain to me why. Give reason, give reasoning. And yeah. even if, like, if I have to say, okay, yeah, this is, isn't as privacy aware as some people might like it, I might be able to live with that because I understand why. And we're not doing that right now. Exactly. We're I not, think, yeah, that's we're not a, able to con 
that's a big sorry. issue. No, sorry. Go on. No, I think that was done. I was just rambling. Yeah, I was. I think that's uh, that's that, that's the issue. I mean, that's what I feel currently. Just like the from the politician side, it's like okay, we're all, we're, we're doing this measure X, but nobody's saying like why we're doing it. Like it's not enough to say. Oh, you know, health experts and the WHO think this is a good idea. No, I want to know why is it a good idea? And you need to be able to explain that in simple words. Because if you can't do that, I don't believe you that, you know, I don't believe that you actually know. <laughs> yeah, because if you, if you want to measure something successful, you need to know what it's supposed to achieve. If, if our goal is to get people out on the streets again to buy, I don't know, shoes, whatever they need to buy. Okay, if that is your goal, then I can measure what you your decisions you make in comparison to that goal. Does that lead yeah. there or does it not? If our goal is we want as few dead as possible, okay, that's a different goal. And certain actions might lead there and certain actions might not. And of course, the goals are not this simple. It's not no, 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 I mean, it's, 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 but you need to, you need to at least be open to have that like kind of back channel. It's the same thing. Like if you say, okay, we need this lockdown for two more months, right? Um, because of, because of this, you need to have like a, a way to evaluate that, right? You need to, you need to, you need to measure, um, does it, is it actually working? Then is your measurement, does, is that actually hold up? Um, exactly. And I mean, the big problem is, of course, like with all we've talked about here, I mean, the problem with the app and all that, I mean, we just have general problems with understanding, right? I mean, we 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 know, we don't know as, as much as we would like about how this virus even like infects people, how it spreads. Um, I mean, if you talk to doctors who are treating patients with COVID right now, they don't, they know very little how it actually, for example, attacks your lungs. And that's yeah. just something, I mean, that's just normal. I mean, that's just something we'll, it just takes months and months and data, lots of data to figure that out. But, um, but I mean, nobody's even like acknowledging this situation and they're always saying like, oh yeah, we know, we know, we know this, we know this, we know, you know, two meters, two meters, everybody two meters apart <laughs> because somebody yeah, came up can, with it. Yeah. I mean, of, of course you, you, especially with the, with the disease, this unknown, and this new, you have to use your saying okay yeah this should work but if we can say okay yes we, we tell you two two meters because given what we know this if you spit you might not or if you if you sneeze you might not hit the person yeah. next to you. that is that people understand yeah. and people are not stupid yes some people are stupid but not <laughs> everyone is stupid and people are i think able to have we always say we want an, an informed an informed discourse, an informed democracy, informed citizens, informed people. Yeah, informed people. Yeah, and I'm not exactly. saying everything yeah. needs to be like laid out in the greatest of details, but people need to have an understanding of where we're going. And I think that makes certain things easier. When people didn't know, I mean, sometimes getting to know what the plan is doesn't doesn't make you happy. I mean, when, when people didn't know when the schools and when the kindergartens would open again, that was brutal for, for families. Like both, maybe both parents worked, and I have colleagues where like they have to, they basically work in shifts. The first person gets up at five and works till the, works till, till lunchtime. And the other person then works till the night. And that is brutal. That yeah, is, I can't, I can't. Yeah, there's a reason I don't have kids. <laughs> yeah. And, and that is um, when they didn't know how long that was going to take, that is even more brutal. And mm -hmm. it's like, it, it doesn't end. It's like running a marathon. Running a marathon sucks. 
but it's over after 42 kilometers, the least. Um, and yes, every kilometer sucks and everything's shit, but you know it's going to be done. And mm. when you don't know when it's going to be done, things are way harder. And I think this is where, where we are right now. Nobody knows where we're going. And then we just cling to people promising this app will going to save your problem, but it's not. Yeah. And this is, I think this is why this app sh just shows so much of a grander discourse that we can apply to so many other uh, discussions that we have. Uh, and it can be like, how does digital, how does the digital uh, space, how should we, we construct the digital space? Do we want like companies like Google and Facebook to exist or is that an issue? And we always attack these things from like these very narrow, narrow perspectives. Like then you have a person who says, yes, but Google, they have all the data and data is power. It's like, yes, but there's more to it. And I think that, yeah. They're really. also the only ones who were able to make a navigation app that is worth a damn. And there's, there's a that reason is, that is for true. that. <laughs> and I mean, right now they are, and this is, this is again, part of the conversation just to, to, to put a little bow on the whole app discourse. Sounds good. Um, Google and Apple, and that's rare. I mean, they came together and together suggested this is how we do contact tracing. Like, and this is very, very influenced by DP3T. DP3T, yeah. DP3T, yes. Um, and from what you can see from what the documentation says, it looks good what they're trying to do, given like the framework you want contact tracing based yeah. on Bluetooth, blah, 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 blah. And these two companies are probably the most capable on this planet to solve that yeah. because they know how, how smartphones work. They just have been building them for decades. They can put it into the operating system. They can shield it against like uh, people wanting to use the data in negative ways. Um, they can make sure but, their app store only has that app and, you know, people are not tricking people into installing other apps. Exactly. They have many... They have many um, ways of making sure things work. Um, but what, that, what they're doing right now, they, the plan is to integrate this kind of tracking into operating systems, right. into all yeah. relevant mobile operating systems. And what that means is we're not, no longer talking about an app or two apps. We're talking about a global platform that's like your phone has a location service. And that your will never go away. It will always be there. And that is, that is a grander conversation that we shouldn't lead um, being influenced by a panic of we can never leave the house again. This is a, a completely different conversation, meaning, and we don't always have to say 1984, the evil government, that's not the point. But the point is we are introducing a, a platform that will not go away. And we're not, we're not having that conversation. We're having a conversation about an app, but we're not building an app. And that is a, a, a massive difference. Yeah, and I mean, this is this doesn't come out of nowhere. I mean, this is like you're, you're saying, okay, yeah, the contract tracing it, itself is anonymous, but we, you're talking about the phone where Google and Apple know who you are. They know who you are. If they if they want to connect that data, they can connect that data. Yeah, I mean, they built the operating system. Hmm. That's how these things work. Which then means the U.S. government, if they sent them, you know, one of those nice letters. They could for example. theoretically do that. Although I'm, you know, I'm personally, I'm, I'm always, I, like back in LO days, I got a lot of flack. I've, I've always thought I'd rather ha have this data at a company than with the government. Um, that's just, you know, again, where I'm from, you know, history, politics and stuff sure. like that. 
Um, but yeah, it's definitely a discussion if you want to have it anywhere, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that that was a that was a great discussion. Yeah, thank you. If you ever want to do this again, um, just say say hello via email or something. I I, I will, but uh, again, I'm not the biggest podcast guest. All person, right, I'm but... I'm I'm really happy that I that I got you on. Um, yeah. Do you have uh, a website or something you want people to go to? Uh, I write. I try to do it mostly in English because writing in German is always kind of for the garbage can because just so few people speak German. But tell uh, me about it. It's at uh, tante.cc. But mostly, um, my usual introduction is I'm an asshole with a Twitter account. So my Twitter account is twitter.com/tante. That's where where you find everything relevant. I think. That's Tango Alpha November Tango Echo. Yes, exactly. <laughs> For people who do not speak German, uh, you know. Yes. Yeah, cool. But there might I, be a link like in show notes. Oh, there will be. There will definitely be a link in the show notes as well. I'd just like to spell it out for people who just listen. Sure. You know. Makes sense. Um, yeah, thanks. That was very interesting. I can only recommend reading reading your blog. I've been um, reading it for a long time. It's, uh, I find it very Thank very you. interesting. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. You yeah. So 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 little feedback on like writing right so. yeah oh god but yeah but there's there's a question do you want more um i you know? don't know you can, you can start feedback. writing for heise you get a lot of feedback yeah. from the forum <laughs> i don't want that kind of feedback <laughs> yeah i can i can but thank you i appreciate it yeah uh great so thanks thanks for having you i hope you uh wish you have a wish you a good rest of the day there in berlin um and i sincerely hope they'll let you let you be there when you when you get when you have a son I hope so. Things are shifting right now. There, I think they're making things possible. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll I'll press my thumbs, as we say. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks. So there we go. That was my discussion with Jürgen Goiter, Tante, an asshole with a Twitter account. <laughs> I might steal that <laughs> that introduction. <laughs> I think that applies to me as well. Yes, that was it. I, I thought that was very interesting. I had a lot of fun talking to him um i found it very inspiring um i hope you did too as usually um my usual caveat applies or my hint uh you know go to private citizen dot press and um there is there are contact links there and please tell me what you thought and if you want more of that kind of thing if you want less of that if you want other things please let me know and speaking of feedback um i would like to um discuss something that i got sent uh here uh with regards to the previous episode um where i talked about um you know the technicalities the uh, methods you can use for this kind of contact tracing when you're talking apps and technology and i got some very valuable feedback from yevgeny Gudznetsov, who um, as far as i know i'm not 100 sure is not the uh, washington capitals player uh ice hockey player he's also not the uh diver as far as <laughs> the olympic um olympic diver um i think from his uh from his picture he could be he could be the uh, capitals player that that would be fun although you know as a pens fan obviously i have my my differences with the capitals anyway <laughs> um this this was a very insightful um 
message I got from him, so I'm gonna read it out in full. So Evgeny says, um, "Hi Fabsh, thanks for the analysis. Uh, thanks for the analysis. Still in process of enjoying it now. I already feel the need to jump in with a comment. That's how it goes, isn't it? You know, you listen to a podcast and you immediately you're fired up. Um, you've mentioned Russia together with China and some other countries as a, as a user of." Uh, a, quote, low-tech QR code solution for the tracing of COVID-19 spreading and contacting. You may be right, but from what I see here in Moscow, it looks like you're wrong, um, which is definitely helpful. I could be wrong. You know, I was referencing something that was written on the register. And obviously, I don't have, um, you know, I until now, I didn't have first um, hand sources uh, in Russia. So, uh, uh Let's listen to uh, what Yevgeny sees there, uh, boots on the ground. Disclaimer, the Russian government and our president seem to be reluctant to take responsibility for COVID-19 spread in Russia and for the associated limitations of our liberties. So all of a sudden this March, we were reminded that Russia is actually a federation, contrary to all the political trends of the last 20 plus years, and that subjects of federations, uh, our counterparts of the German Bundesländer, are allowed and encouraged to put up their own COVID fighting policies as they see fit. As far as I understand, that is the, um, you know, the, Russia is obviously a bit bigger. So there, you know, the federations there, um, what in Germany would be federal state level, or I guess in the US would be the states, um, are quite big in some cases, as far as I understand it. Um, I live in Moscow, uh, says Yevgeny, so I can only speak for Moscow and Moscow region. Um, these are two separate separate subjects of the Federation, but the current rules regarding the whole COVID-19 theme are similar in these two. So I guess this is kind of like Berlin in Germany, which is, you know, a special case, which is its own federal, so kind of like Hamburg, but Berlin obviously much more because it's the capital, I guess it's something like this. Um, we do indeed have QR codes. These QR codes are basically the IDs of our individual passes that we can get online by phone or via SMS. Without an individual path or pass, or rather the ID of the individual pass in the form of a QR code or just an alphanumeric string, a citizen is not allowed to commute either by public transport, including taxis or by car. Yes, that's how democratic and liberal we are now. The current rules in Moscow say that you are not to leave your house or apartment for any reason other than going to work, in cases you are allowed to go to work, going to a doctor, experiencing an emergency, going to the nearest place where you can buy food and groceries, going to the nearest drugstore or walking your dog, in which case you should at all times be no further than 100 meters from your place of residence. Uh, okay, that's that's not far for walking. It's basically the dogs peeing in the uh, on the front lawn. Um, you don't need an individual pass and the QR code to walk, but you should still but you still should be obeying the rules about why you have left your house. But you need to use it to uh, you you need it to use transport bicycles included. So this sounds very close to what they uh, to the lockdown in Wuhan and a lot more strict than what we have in Germany right now. 
Yevgeny continues. As I said already, you get your individual pass online or by other means. To get it, you have to disclose your identity, including your passport data, your reason for commute and the means you plan to commute by, your car's license plate, your city transport card number, etc. You are immediately granted a pass. But that pass can later be revoked if people that check it figure out that your employer didn't request permission to get you to the office, which every employer other than medical facilities should have done for the workers that can't work remotely. Or that your employer is a barber shop that is forbidden to keep working anyway. Or that the doctor you claim to be visiting um, doesn't have an appointment with you today or that helping your sick parents isn't an emergency after all. I don't know. I'd be interested to see how he's checking that. Um, I don't know. Is, uh, is the FSB doing that? Is it? Is it the police? I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, we'll get some more news in the future from Yevgeny. Um, if you try to take a bus or subway and your transport card is not linked to a valid individual pass, you can't get in. If you drive your car past a traffic cam and your plates are not linked to a valid individual pass, you get fined. If you bump into a policeman and fail to either show your individual pass, QR code or alphanumeric, or prove that you're going to or from the nearest grocery store or drugstore or walking your dog within 100 meters of your place of residence, you are fined. And that's all, all your individual pass and the associated QR code is used for. That's quite uh, bad. I sh I, maybe I'll, I'll stop complaining uh, about our curfew here in Germany because, oh my God, of course, Russia, <laughs> it's much worse over there. Um, you don't scan it. So back to the past, that's only, you know, that's all it's used for controlling people's movements. Uh, is what Evgeny's saying. You don't scan it, i.e. the pass, when you enter buildings or visit places. You don't even need needed to go to your local grocery shop. In fact, these QR codes are quite useless for contact analysis, and I've not heard or read anything about any intent to use them for this reason. They are obviously not designed with contact tracing in mind. They are designed to enforce the legality-imposed self-isolation rules, and that's about it. As for contact analysis, as I'm aware um, as far as I'm aware, and I teach at a medical university, so I'm probably less informed than epidemiologists, but more informed than the average person. It's all done the old school way, with phone calls and questioning. So that's what um, Jürgen uh, Tante talked about. Uh, we, we talked about earlier as well. That's you know that's it. That's how Germany used to do it, uh, or is doing it right now as well. Um, the, the, you know we're not we don't have the app yet, and uh, that's that's how they have done it. Always done it. Yours truly, uh, LO's own Russian correspondent, Yevgeny. And I've um, got back to Yevgeny on this, and so this is very helpful, and told him I'm going to read it out on the show. And, uh, you know, uh, he references LO, which is Linux Outlaws, which is uh, an old podcast. Uh, I haven't, that hasn't been happening for many, many years, but I still have a lot of people who listen to it. Uh, it was a Linux podcast, and um, they really liked it. Um, and so people still remember that. And I've, I've told Yevgeny I would be very happy if he would become the um, private citizen local boots on the ground in Russia. And he has kind of he has said he would be happy to do so. So I'm looking forward to some more reports. And um, if anybody else, I mean, this is exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. This is what what's very interesting. It's not only interesting to me, that's why I'm reading it out on the show. I think it's interesting to all of us because it gives us perspective. This stuff is happening all around the world, but it's different in every country. So if you have a local report, please tell me, go to um, 
privatecitizen.press or directly to fab.industries slash contact and send me some information. And on fab.industries slash contact, there is also a end-to-end encrypted um, whistleblower contact form. This is, um, it's all over HTTPS and it uses a uh, a privacy respecting mail service um, here in Germany and um, they they encrypt end-to-end and I mean, if you go to that, your 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 privacy and your anonymity are very very safe as safe as i can make it without it being a tor hidden service and you can of course still access fab.industry/contact um with the tor browser if you want to do that it's you know it's not a tor address but you can um you know you could still exit it over access it over tor of course um so I would be very happy. I'm I'm very happy to receive anonymous um information. It'd be very helpful if you tell me, you know, you know, this is local information. If you're like, I live in, I don't know, in Iowa or some, you know, I live in uh Flugeville, Texas, and this is how it's is happening here. Something like that, you know, but you don't have to attach your name to it. I really like that Evgeny's doing that because it gives gives you some more, you know gives it a bit more credence but i'm you know i'm happy to read out and all stuff as well i know that people um are reluctant to talk about these stuff these things especially if they're critical about it because i mean i i can tell you by my own experience that uh, <laughs> you're not you're not exactly um on the good side of the mainstream opinion right now if you say hmm you know i'm 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 thinking about these curfew me- measures and if they are you know i'm not not even so me personally i didn't even say i think we should stop with all of this i just said you know i'm just thinking critically about it and that already in today's climate is something that is not allowed if you um if you go by many people who react to this um well they don't exactly tell you that it's not allowed but you know you get so much pushback and so many people that are amazed that you actually have that opinion my god how people are dying in the streets you know all that kind of stuff um so I, I understand that. So once again, um, thank you, Yevgeny. Uh, pr- presumably not the ice hockey player if he's, uh, if he's teaching at <laughs> Moscow University. I don't know if, if Yevgeny Kuznetsov from the NHL is also teaching at a Moscow University. That would be, uh, I think he's from, isn't he from Chelyabinsk, which is some, somewhere completely different. Oh God, I have to, to look this up now. I think he played for, yeah, Tractor Chelyabinsk, and that is, uh, God, that is somewhere, that is quite far away <laughs> from, from Moscow. Um, <laughs> oh, wow, they've got a nice flag. They've got a camel in their coat of arms. Um, that is, that is interesting. Uh, anyway <laughs> so um yes i uh thank you again yevgeny that that was great um i appreciate that a lot uh quick disclaimer here um at the end uh, this show is produced under the value for value model which means um if you get value from from listening to this then um, think about giving some back it can be in the form of writing in giving me reports it can be in the form of uh, becoming a patron um, on the patreon uh, page which is linked in the show notes or you can just send me some one of 
support i want i won't say donation because it is not really a donation under german law but you know supporting the podcast uh, as a one-off uh, via paypal um, if you want to do that you can send money to producers at fab.industries and i'd like to mention that jürgen uh tante jürgen Greuter has also has a patreon for his blog and i've linked that in the show notes as well so if you want to support him because you think uh, you've listened to him and then you read his blog and you're like hmm, this guy's doing some good work you want to support that you can do that as well um, that's how the value for value model works. You arrive some value, you give some value back, and it's completely up to you what that value is and how you value it. Because this is different for everybody else. Some people spend a lot of money, um, have a lot of discretionary income, spend a lot of money on video games and stuff like me, uh, and they they might value something like this differently than other people who are you know on a on a tighter budget or just have a family or whatever. Um, and it's completely okay, I like to say this as well, to just listen to the show. I'm just mentioning this because, you know, it helps It helps me with producing the show, but I don't want to make... I'm not really... I'm, I, I mean this. I don't want to do this to uh, give you a bad feeling about things. Um, it's completely okay to just listen to the podcast. I mean, I've produced podcasts now for... God, what is it now? 14 years. Um, and, you know for for a long time i I, I've, I've never assumed that you know people would give anything back. so that's it's completely okay um well i like to give credit to the people that do give something back in the you know credit to people who uh who sent messages obviously in the feedback section and then um i'd like to thank raul gabzali who wrote the song acoustic roots that i'm using for this show because it's amazing it's, it's become the private citizen theme song um i would like to thank bitemark at bitemark.co.uk which is a uk hosting company cloud hosting business that provides me with the server that or actually servers um, that sent you these wonderful audio files that you are listening to in your ears right now. So I appreciate that a lot. And they do that free of charge and that helps me uh, massively. And then all the people who supported the show monetarily, who've given back some value. Um, and those people are Niall Donegan, Michael Mullen Jensen, Jonathan M. Hathi, Georges Walther, Dave, Kai Sears, uh, Eric G. Potter Test, <laughs> kind of always kind of cracks me up, um, Rashid, Ali Mani, Butterbeans, Mark Holland, Steve Hose, Shelby Kruver, Fadi Mansour, Matt Jalleman, Joe Poser, Vlad, IKN, Dave Amrich, Amrish, 1i11g, Vitautus Sadowskis, Ricky M, Drive Zero, Dirk Didi, David Potter, Jackie Plage, Jonathan Edwards, and Barry Williams. Thanks to all of you. And um, yeah, that's it for this episode. I hope um, you learned something today. I hope this uh, made you think, which is which is my goal. And um, I hope you're doing good wherever you are in whatever kind of... Um, if you're in self-imposed quarantine, if you're on a government-mandated curfew, uh, how, however many meters you or feet you have to to stay away from people um, in your what I like to call physical distancing, because it's not social distancing, because we're still social, we're just social over IP. <laughs> anyway, I hope you're doing good. Um, have a good 
good week. I'll see you next week. Uh, until then, uh, don't let it, don't let the quarantine get you down. I'll meet you further on up the road. Goodbye.